0: Welcome to podcast number two. This is called Defining Adam's and Eve's Creation. The scriptures are Genesis 1 and 2, Moses 2 and 3, and Abraham 4 and 5. As God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and He's no respecter of persons, He will do for all what He does for one, provided they meet the conditions He stipulates. That includes His creating Adam and Eve. We can say with certainty, for example, that Adam and Eve could not have inherited paradise without their own prior ascent to a high spiritual level. Otherwise, God would not be one, the same to each of his children, but instead be a changeable and variable God. Rather than isolate God's creation of Adam and Eve as something unique or outside the realm of possibility for the rest of humanity, let us scrutinize its salient points and determine whether it follows a scriptural pattern. The Genesis account states that God formed the man from the dust and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life so that the man became a living soul. Still, God didn't create the man in the Garden of Eden but placed him there afterwards. Quote, and the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden and there he put the man whom he had formed. Moreover, God caused a deep sleep to come upon Adam after which he brought him his wife Eve. Putting such scriptural data together, therefore, we must conclude that the story of Adam and Eve's creation, quote, from the dust, isn't something entirely unfamiliar. In the resurrection from the dead, are people also not recreated from the dust when their bodies arise? Aren't the dead whose spirits have left this world depicted as, quote, sleeping in the dust? Ezekiel portrays the resurrection from the dead as God's causing quote, breaths to enter into the dry bones of those who had passed away. Isaiah describes comparable phenomena when he predicts that the bodies of God's people will awake and arise from the dust at the end of the world, and that Zion or Jerusalem will awake and arise from the dust to divine empowerment. Isaiah's pattern of the physical rebirth of and recreation of God's people from the dust at their resurrection thus typifies their spiritual rebirth and recreation as they learn to observe God's law and word. Like those who become God's elect sons and daughters and inherit paradise in the earth's millennial age, Adam and Eve must have had prior life experience and similarly ascended to the spiritual level of God's elect. If not, God would be a capricious God who will not do for one what he does for another who fulfills the same covenantal requirements. In a similar vein as God's elect know God personally, and as Adam and Eve were evidently created or recreated from the dust on the level of God's elect, anything less than that level must be considered less than being created in the image and likeness of God. That is suggested by the Genesis account itself, and nowhere does the scripture say that all human beings are created in God's image and likeness. Only Adam and Eve or those who know God face to face, as we discussed in podcast number one. That Adam and Eve knew God personally is evident from the fact that But God walked and talked with them in the Garden of Eden before they were cast out. In the book of Isaiah, God's sequential creation or recreation of the heavens and the earth, humanity as a whole, Jacob, Israel, Zion, Jerusalem, God's sons and servants, his end-time servant, celestial bodies, and the new heavens and the earth, establishes a pattern of spiritual and physical ascent on a ladder to heaven. As noted, that pattern may also operate in reverse. Persons who descend the ladder, who choose evil and don't repent, are decreated. They spiritually mutate to the point of no longer resembling who they once were. Not only can such princes not be construed as being in the image and likeness of God, those who descend all the way to perditions perish spiritually as well as physically. As candidates for the pit of dissolution, they ultimately undergo annihilation and all memory of them is erased as all blessings that come from God are covenant blessings, ones that pertain to a covenant he made somewhere with someone, God's blessing of Adam and Eve with dominion over the earth tells us that he had made a prior covenant or covenants with them, and they with him, or such blessings could not occur. Additionally, as the promised land is an essential ingredient of God's covenants, in the case of Adam and Eve, that promised land was the earth itself. Lastly, as with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God's promise of an endless posterity, an ingredient of God's highest covenants, similarly pertains to God's covenant with Adam and Eve, as they would now become the parents of this earth's inhabitants. Ascent on a ladder to heaven thus nuances the story of Adam and Eve's creation as a recreation, not a spontaneous materialization ex nihilo, or out of nothing. Our first parents' creation on this earth, in other words, constituted a milestone in their advancing through successive levels of ascent. That process began long before their appearance in this world, and will continue long after many of their children have themselves inherited paradise, by such means qualifying as new Adams and Eves. In that light, all of humanity is struggling on higher or lower levels of ascent or descent that endure through endless aeons, stretching into a vast eternity." How else shall men become, quote, gods, sons of the Most High God, or, quote, gods ascending from the earth? Didn't Jesus assert that he, quote, had ascended up to heaven before he, quote, came down from heaven to accomplish his divine commission on the earth? Much of this material is taken from my book End Time Prophecy, a Judeo-Mormon Analysis, pages 19 through 21 and 78. Thank you for listening.